1: Purpose. They stitch people together. If all that sounds good to you, visit American Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American Giant.com with promo code STAPLE20. Well,
0: Mary Hughes is going to pop out and get the ball. George is going to rub his man off of Leitner and then cut down the center and get a nice pass from larry Hughes.
1: Welcome in, Wizards fans. We have some big news to talk about. Tommy Shepard is once again the GOAT. I went through a full range of emotions, as I'm sure most of you did too. Uh, 10 minutes before, I was saying, burn it all down because we hadn't made any trades. Then I saw the first trade and was underwhelmed. The second trade, underwhelmed. And the third trade, honestly, I'm overjoyed, but we'll get into it. I've got Richard Stammen, aka Mavs Draft. Richard is a credentialed NBA draft analyst, devoted Mavs fan, and a host of Locked On NBA Draft for the Locked On Podcast Network. So Richard's a great guy to come in here and tell us firsthand as somebody who's watched a lot of Christophs Porzingis in Dallas, what are we getting? Should we be excited? Did we win the deal? All that good stuff. So we'll get into it here in one second. Just a quick word from one of our sponsors, BetOnline. The big game is finally here as we hit Super Sunday with the last game of the football season. As always, BetOnline has you covered. From odds, scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline's basketball, hockey, boxing, and UFC odds coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. Head on over to BetOnline today and use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use our promo code Belief, B-L-E-A-V, to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, now let's get to our conversation with Richard. I've got Richard Stamen here with me. Mavs draft. Anybody with Mavs in the title seems very appropriate to have on after this particular trade deadline. Richard, we were just kind of talking, you know, before we started recording here about like the actual kind of raw emotion and train of thought that was going on for you. I can tell you about what it was like on our end, but why don't you kick us off here and uh, tell us what it was like?
0: Yeah. So I was, uh, so actually, funny enough, same way that uh, that Porzingis, when he was traded to Dallas, same exact thing. I had just left work to go home for the day. Uh, this time, I just left work because I was in between meetings. I had 20 minutes. So I'm in an area with like choppy cell reception. And just overall, if I wanted to use Twitter, it's very far in between. I get a notification. It says Spencer Dinwiddie has been traded to Mavericks. And I'm like, OK, this is a cliffhanger. Like, what's it for? And in my head, I'm like, it can't be that bad. Like I was like, damn, maybe this is when Finney Smith, this is his calling card. And I was like, that would really suck. And that was what I thought the peak of it would be. And lo and behold, I get the notification at the next slide. And and luckily, uh, I was just about at my destination too. I didn't have to like be a danger to the road or anything. (laughs) It was was a good way to do it. But (laughs) unfortunately, then I saw Kristaps Porzingis has been traded to the Wizards, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. Because as someone who has been very much so a defendant of Kristaps Porzingis, uh, most polarizing player I can ever remember uh, putting on a Mavs uniform outside of – I mean, like Chandler Parsons was polarizing, and this isn't something else. I mean, and then I saw the fact that they're getting Bertans, which made me even angrier. Uh, and, yeah, and, then, and then Kicker. And, I mean, like, you know, I, I my online alias is Mavs Draft. They threw in, they threw in a second round pick. The Wizards didn't even have to give up draft compensation to get off the contract. I, I, this is a purely raw emotion. I'm still upset. Like that just saying this out loud and recapping these traumatic thoughts really, really pisses me off.
1: The way you just described feeling right now is how I have felt this entire season, except for the first 13 games of the year. So I am no, I don't want to see you in pain here, my friend, but this is the exact opposite of, of how I think our whole fan base feels. And I was going through the group chat with some buddies here and we see, okay, poor Zingas is a wizard. Okay. Who did we give up? Did we gut the roster to do this? And then we see Dinwiddie. I'm like, okay, Dinwiddie. And it's got to be some assets. Rui just went out. Denny just went out. A first round pick just went out. And then it's a bird towns. I'm like, okay, we really have to give them everything now to make this happen. And then I see second round pick. And I'm like, uh, okay, this is clearly a typo. Clearly, we at least owe you a second round pick. Uh, but but not the case. So I don't know what's going on here. I'm I'm actually
0: probably just as confused as you are by this one. I don't know what the I the only thing I can think of, there's two ways. One, the perception of Porzingis' contract, because it is more, sure, is that negative, mm-hmm. which even then I have a different unique stance, I guess, which is like not all big contracts are bad even if they are overpaid that doesn't make them how do I, it doesn't make them a negative a severely negative asset sure. like i don't want to get production for point it. was negative given how he produced like you could count on him to do his job like negative assets to me i have a very very loose definition but like john wall hugely negative asset russell Westbrook. you, Lester, you Lester, just Lester. got a
1: negative asset my friend i'm very sorry
0: yeah, and and Davis Bertans, I thought he made a lot more money, but it's still too much money. And the fact that $17 million is too much money says a lot about mm-hmm. the negativity with him. And, and it's not like Dinwiddie has been exactly, I don't want to say bad, but I mean, he's, like he he's, hasn't been good. He's serviceable-ish, maybe. He's an okay player who, I mean, he's coming off a torn ACL. I don't, I mean, call me crazy, but I just saw the, the player that's going to Washington also come off a torn ACL. <laughs> and he still can't stay healthy obviously a little bit different being a 73 guy who is this sure. thin but i just i have so many reservations about this like it just seems so lateral in so many ways
1: i thought maybe one of two things one the Mavs were scared about the health and they needed people that they thought were more likely to play and didn't he, while he hasn't looked his usual uh, I don't know. not that he was explosive before, but he looked considerably slower than before. But at least he's been playing all season and Bertans has been mostly available, mine assistant with um COVID and a little uh quad injury at the time, I want to say. But Luca and KP must just hate each other. Like I I we've had some locker room issues here in DC this year. So uh, you know, maybe this is not the, the greatest move for us pers- you know, personality wise, but that's the only thing I can think of that Luca went to them and was just like, "Hey, make this happen for me."
0: Yeah, I mean, whether it's they didn't get along, which would be really funny because for years we've seen that handshake the day before, two days before the trade, whatever. When the Mavs went to New York and then they traded for him, where mm-hmm. Porzingis and were dapping out they laughing, yep. and they were using that as like, "See, they're going to get along so well," and then yeah, like exactly. backfired or. Luko is saying, "I need to win a playoff series and Porzingis just isn't it, and maybe it's addition by subtraction. Maybe it's get me an elite shooter who knows his role is to be an off-ball player because Porzingis, I don't think he liked being that off-ball player, mm-hmm. uh, even though that is his best role. I, I just I don't understand. There's got to be way more behind the scenes. I do think the health did factor into it because I mean the guy missed a week with a sore toe. Like I, that's I, I wish I was exaggerating. That's a literal thing that happened. It sucks."
1: Uh, I can guarantee you, just based on the way that Dinwiddie's contract is structured, that he is going to drag a dead leg out there to get through a certain amount of games every year. So for him, the deal is as long as he plays in fifty games each of the first two seasons, his third year becomes fully guaranteed. Otherwise, he only gets ten million of that. So there were times this season where it looked like maybe he should have been on the bench, and uh, it, it obviously, you know, it seemed like he was trying to soldier through it at the very least.
0: Yeah, which. <sighs> Yeah, that's, it's not, It's like lateral again. I yeah. mean, it's a, I posted a tweet games played between Porzingis Bertans and Dinwiddie is it's almost, it's almost, they're all in the same range. Yeah. There's really not a major difference And Porzingis has a horrible reputation of missing every game at every minor injury. I mean, it's Anthony Davis level of like, if someone's, if he stubbed his toe on his Lego, like he's not playing the next day.
1: Uh, What about vaccination status for Porzingis? Are you familiar? I'm I'm assuming the Wizards wouldn't have traded for him if he wasn't just because we have that condition here, but just want to confirm that.
0: I haven't heard anything. Otherwise, if I'm not mistaken, the only Mav entering preseason that was unvaccinated was Trey Burke.
1: Okay. So we'll, we'll take that at the very least. If we were going to get a part-time rental Porzingis, that would be even, even worse. And and maybe that would have made the difference here. Uh, I did see a tweet that said, uh, Michael Wilbon said on PTI that Mark Cuban and Spencer oh, Dinwiddie were. Was it?
0: it was fake. It was a fake oh. tweet. The same guy said Dwight Powell was untouchable. Yeah, he's Got been it. reporting fake things like that.
1: OK, that makes me feel a little better for anyone who didn't see it, though. <laughs> it was funny that Dinwiddie and Mark Cuban are NFT art gallery buddies. Uh, it 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 was so out there and ridiculous that it's at least believable. But I'm I'm glad to know that's not actually what's driving the front office moves.
0: Yeah, it was something I think almost every Mavs fan since free agency because the Mavs were linked to Dinwiddie. Mm-hmm. They had been saying, you know, Dinwiddie's a guy who is big into that stuff, who's big into crypto, big into NFT. I mean, he was, I mean, he converted his contract in Brooklyn. I don't I don't remember the full details. I'm not really literate in that way. But people had always been talking about that. I really do think that actually probably drove it. Where that was like Dallas was looking there saying, hey, let's let's look at them because I like, I like what Dinwiddie brings off the court for me. You know, that's probably what Cuban had some value in that.
1: So stay tuned, everybody, for a Spencer Dinwiddie Shark Tank guest appearance at some point in time. Uh, So Porzingis has averaged 19 points, about eight rebounds, two assists, almost two blocks, only two and a half fouls, which is actually really good by Wizards' uh, big men standards. 38% from three this year, but closer to 35% for his career for anybody who hasn't seen him play this year, like what's he been like? Has he been good? I mean, those numbers seem reasonable, but but what's your take on his actual encore play?
0: Yeah, uh, so I'd say it starts with the three-point percent is really is surprising. He is taking the same shots, but not making it. You know, Cuban's been out there saying, oh, it's the new ball, it's the new mm-hmm. ball. I don't think so. I think he's just kind of rusty on that, and I don't really have an explanation for why he's not hitting threes. I don't think he's taking more difficult shots or anything. He has developed his mid-range, I'd say, over the last, year from now. Um, I'd say it was pretty rusty to start last season, but, uh, over the last 12 months, he has developed that mid range. He has a really good turnaround jump shot on. I want to say the left side of the court mid range, like 10, 15 feet. It's been really good. He's finished at the rim. Well, his two point efficiency is the best it's been even shooting 28% from three on good volume. He's shooting 45% from the field. Like he's still doing that. And his defense has been good. The whole issue for him has been engagement. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are times where, yes, he is beatable and he doesn't try on a lot of closeouts. He is very much that guy at pickup who's like, oh, no, nah, he can't shoot. He'll literally do that motion where he like waves them Wait, off yeah. and, and they, it goes in. But that's kind of annoying. Uh, perimeter defense, I would not say is a strength, but interior defense, when he's able to be at that spot where you have one foot in, one foot out of the paint, he, that's when he's at his best. He's been very good at that. This season a, a defending at that area.
1: What's he ideally suited to play? Like, I know we're in a positionless basketball era, but you got to like start somewhere on paper. Is he, can he play next to Kuzma as the five? Like, do you see that fit working out for them?
0: Yeah, I I would put him at the five. I don't like that. The maps tried putting him at the four with Boban or Powell or Mm Maxi Kleba, like the putting him at the four is just an outdated idea. Like he could do it in New York. He can't do it now
1: if you had to do a few minutes where he played next to Thomas Bryant and you had two shooters on the court or something like that, is that serviceable enough though?
0: Yeah, I, I would put him at the five and let Bryant kind of be that. Cause I mean, Bryant can kind of, I don't want to say ISO people, but where he starts at the top of the key and then turns it into a post up almost. Yeah. Uh, I think he can do that a little bit better than poor Zingus really can. The one thing I would say to watch out for is I'm sure they'll empower him to do more isolation. Yeah. And When he tries doing those crossovers, he premeditates it. He tried turning him to jump shots. It's a bad, it's not very good.
1: Yeah. When you're that big, it's almost hard to dribble against somebody that's a foot shorter than you two. Uh, What about post-ups? The Wizards don't seem to be afraid to like post up big men. And I know that wasn't like a huge part of the Mavericks gameplay in the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, they did it. They empowered him a little bit more on that. And I'm actually pulling up the the synergy numbers for this because I'm curious. Um, So he, wow. Uh, it was actually his most run play was post up a okay. little bit more detail up before I go into the efficiency. Um, the it was mostly jump shots um, over the left shoulder, but it was sometimes some fadeaways, some face ups, but a lot of times just turnaround around jump shots. Not very efficient. He ranked while That was the most run play for him. 38th percentile uh, in efficiency and a more exact number of players who had hundred post-ups this season. Uh, they're only 21. He's number 15. So not, mm-hmm. not very efficient in that regard.
1: Uh, You know, I'm okay with that. Like throw him a bone a couple of times. I don't think you want to heavily feature that. Although this year I think we want to be as bad a team as possible. So maybe you just let him post up the whole rest of the year. And if you lose, you lose.
0: Yeah, I could see it. And you have a deal out. I mean, eh, what's wrong with him getting his that way.
1: How about in pick and roll? Was there much Luca KP pick and roll? And how is he as the roller?
0: Yeah, we really didn't see a ton of roll man action. I would say it's more just kind of popping. Uh, That was also on synergy that has his third most run play. But I mean, over half of those were pick and pop. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of them were slipping the pick. The rolling to the basket just really wasn't a threat. I wouldn't really say that was something that if he rolled to the basket, it was light rolls. It wasn't exactly like. You watch, you watch some of the best rolled men over the years go, sure. and it's it's very far from that. The best action that I think he is off ball is almost that rolled man, is when the Mavs run a given go set where they have the Dwight Powell's doing a dribble handoff, and then from the corner, Porzingis comes in. Yeah. That's really his best set. Like that is far and away the best way to use him off balls as a cutter because he's almost unstoppable. But the Mavs didn't run it a ton.
1: I hope you're paying attention, West Unsell Jr. You heard it there. Uh, just going to the other side of this trade. Uh, Josh Robbins, our uh, beat writer for The Athletic, said, quote, the Spencer Dinwiddie experiment in Washington flamed out for everyone. Dinwiddie was never comfortable in the Washington offense without the ball in his hands. And he did not have the ball in his hands often enough with Bradley Beal. And sometimes Kyle Kuzma was in the game. How is that going to work next to Luca? Uh, That just seems like a bad fit to put a non-shooter ball neater next to him.
0: Yeah, we already see... For the most part, I'd say Jaqueline Brunson works with him. Mm-hmm. Um, with Luka, though, I mean, they run almost a heliocentric offense, which is even more extreme than what the Wizards were running. Where the yeah. Wizards were running, I'd say... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but kind of a start at the top of the key and let Beal do his thing. Not mm-hmm. necessarily heli- heliocentric, where it was more involved. but And that worries me. Dinwiddie's not a shooter. Um, and I... <sighs> the best action for him is just to kind of play the Brunson role and put Brunson on the bench and then have Brunson and Dinwiddie coexist because I think that's more feasible. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with Luca, man, that's tough. Also shout out to Josh Robbins. I miss him in Orlando. He's uh he's a very good rider.
1: Yeah. We, we got lucky there. We lost Fred cats was very good, but but Josh seems like a very good guy. So I'm looking forward to trying to get him on this pod at some point in the next week or two here, hopefully if he'll uh, make some time for it. Uh, let's see what else. Uh, just. Yeah, I I think in general, this seems like a win for the Wizards on paper. I mean, obviously, we'll see how it plays out. But from from the you know, most teams either think their team loses every trade or think their team wins every trade. Uh, As an objective outsider here, what's your take on sort of who wins this one?
0: Oh no, Washington! Washington won this. (laughs) Let's not kid ourselves. I mean, like I I hate to write this off before a game has been played, but the Wizards got. I, I think this is very fair to say, the objectively best player in the deal. I mean, he averages the most points of any of them. Um, he plays probably the most valuable role. And on top of that, you got paid a second round pick. Granted, it could be a 2028 20, second round pick if you don't know <laughs> what in the world happens there. I mean, that's six years from now. That is, that's what, a sixth grader? I mean, maybe someone who's at best high school sophomore. No. Um, and then on top of that, you got off two deals that you didn't even want to be on. Like that, you got a, you got paid to do a salary. Deal. There's no way that the Wizards come out losing this, even if Dinwiddie and Bertans turn it around. There's no way the Wizards come out negative. If situationally what they needed to do and talent-wise what they needed.
1: That's how I looked at it, but I wondered if maybe like I had my Homer glasses on for a minute. I'm just looking at the, the deals right now. So Bertans uh, makes about 16 and change for the next three. Well, this season and the next three, although the fourth year is a player option. Dinwiddie makes about 18 for this season and the next two where makes 31 for this year, which is a lot 33 next year. And then has a player option for 36 in 2023, 2024, I guess any thoughts on how likely he is to try to, you know, opt into that player option yet. Has that been kind of talked about at all in, in Dallas?
0: No, uh, I think the assumption has just been, he's not going to turn down money being hurt. Yeah. It, it, that's.
1: Seems like the reasonable move, but you never know, especially if he kind of rehabs things here, a little bit. But even then, you know, you're supposed to get a cap spike in the next couple of years. Like that thirty-six million to one good player seems better to me than thirty-six million to, to two meh players. So I, I still, I still like that. At the end of the day, uh, Richard, just if I can put you on the spot here a little bit, sort of off-topic, the Wizards look primed for a lottery pick somewhere in here based on how this team is now sort of put together, any guys that uh, stand out to you in like the eight to 12 range that that makes sense for Washington?
0: Yeah, so I won't say one because you've already told me he's off limits being an unathletic European, but um, we both love this guy. uh, Nikola 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 Jovich Jovich is awesome. And I mean, one letter away from the potential back-to-back MVP. But I would say if you're looking at eight to 12, some guys that really jump out Keegan Murray is someone who with Porzingis there kind of in Kuzma kind of makes it a little bit more difficult. I think mm. he's a pretty good offensive role player. Who's going to be able to light up all, uh, light off, light up bench units as a combo forward scoring forward that also plays good defense. Um, I think someone who started to slip a little bit more who I once had as like seven to nine is now in that eight to 12 range. Is Kendall Brown mm. from Baylor really athletic does just about everything. One of the best feel for the game. Uh, prospects in the entire draft, but he really is really scared to shoot, but he's unbelievably efficient almost because of that. He doesn't take shots. He's not comfortable with. And that's how he's shooting like six, I think 67. He's been flirting with 70% all year. And he's, a, he's and
1: a maybe forward. the best athlete in the draft, right?
0: Yeah. There's a really good case for him. And then, man, I, I can't believe I'm going to say this, that his stock has fallen a little bit. I'm not super in on him. So take this as a grain of salt, but Jalen Duran from Memphis. Hmm. I, I like his defense. I think it's really special because he's just so athletic. He's long. He can defend in space. He does need to get better at pick and roll defense. I think he's also just, for those who don't know, he reclassified. He should be a high school senior right now. So cutting him some slack in Memphis's defense and overall system is pretty gross. And no point guard. Yeah. 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 No point guard whatsoever. His offense though. This is where I have an issue. And this is why I think he will slide. He does one thing on offense and one thing. only: he finishes plays at the, that's with, it, with his right hand only. And exactly. He dunks or finishes with his right hand, which is a major concern. His jump shot, he's tried taking it and it's not pretty. It will go in occasionally. It's very not pretty and it can only go about 15 feet. So there are concerns, but those are a few guys that I would start looking at.
1: Uh, the, the two I've talked about over the last two podcasts were, were actually him. And before that, AJ Griffin, uh, Griffin might be a little before their range. I, I don't know, but I'm, I'm starting to come around on him, uh, as the season goes on and, and he looks a little more involved in, in, uh, Durham.
0: Yeah. He's probably the closest prospect to Kawhi Leonard I've seen, uh, in the, in the 11 years it's been since he was drafted. Wow, good. I think he safely played himself as the fifth, the top five. I'd say that's where he is now. I mean, he's just ridiculously efficient with 10 games left in the season. Um, He's shooting 50% from three. It's absurd.
1: Uh, Yeah, son of an NBA player, for anybody who didn't catch that one, uh, Adrian Griffin. So he knows the game. His dad's actually a coach for the Raptors, too. And again, uh, an athletic swing who can shoot the ball uh, doesn't seem like a terrible fit on this current Wizards roster, too. Uh, Richard, thank you for doing this. Where can people find your work?
0: Yeah, pretty much everything is centralized on, uh, at Mavs draft on Twitter. I appreciate you having me as always. It's always, always fun on here. And I appreciate you letting, this is like therapeutic for me <laughs> getting <laughs> it off your chest. Getting off, yeah. Getting off all that stuff off my chest. I mean, dude, it's, it was rough seeing that it was, it was really one of the most painful experiences. Uh, I've, I've seen some bad trades go through. I saw the DeAndre Jordan debacle in 2015. Yeah. This tops it. This was like on paper. This is one of the worst moves I've, I've seen in, in Mavs history. Who knows? Maybe they. Uh, Maybe they turn it around and, you know, the game's not played on paper. Maybe Bertans and Dinwiddie play at their best form, but who knows? Right now it's very bleak.
1: I think Dinwiddie, some of it was sort of a, maybe being checked out a little bit too. So I, I think being in a new setting where he seemed, you know, feels a little more love should help. And you guys might have the defenders to put around Bertans to make him actually playable. So I will cross my fingers for your sake, if, if only for that.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Mavs have run an efficient defense with non-efficient defensive players. So we'll see.
1: Fingers crossed. Uh, Richard, thank you again, everybody. It's at Mavs Draft on Twitter. Make sure to check out the Locked On NBA Draft podcast that that Richard does as well. Uh, It's where I go for all my first crack at who, who we should be looking at and all that good stuff. Thanks again, Richard. All right. Before we discuss those other two deals, just a quick word from two of our sponsors. First up, Masterworks. What I'm about to say might shock you, but the greatest quarterback of all time is not just a goat on the field. He's a goat when it comes to investing too. He's investing in stocks, crypto, and even art. Now you can invest like the goat with Masterworks. Masterworks is the investing platform that lets you buy shares representing an investment in art from icons like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. Art prices actually outpaced the S&P 500 164% from 1992 to 2021. In fact, early investors already received over 30% IRR in 2021 and 2022 from just the sale of two paintings. This is your opportunity to join over 300,000 other members and invest like the goat. Plus, you can get priority access with our game day promo. Go to masterworks.art slash believe. That's masterworks.art slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. See important disclosures at masterworks.io slash disclaimer. And now let's hear from NordVPN. What's more important than peace of mind? Nothing. And that's what NordVPN is here for, to give you peace of mind while you are online. And with all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure that you have the best VPN you can get. NordVPN is the world's best VPN service, offering the fastest connectivity, most servers, and next-gen encryption to make sure that everything you do online stays secure. Plus, you can use NordVPN on all of your computers and devices, no matter the operating system. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. And plans start at under $4 per month. So grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com believe, or use the code believe, that's B-L-E-A-V, to get up to 70% off your Nord VPN plan plus one additional month for free. It's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money back guarantee. All right. Now back to the show. Uh so yeah, you got the the full take there on the Porzingis Dinwiddie burtons trade. So I think that's safe to say that's one feather in Tommy's cap already. The guys made three big time trades, in my opinion. Obviously, the Westbrook one. I still think the Gafford one was a great trade, whether it works out or not. And realistically, even though Bertons turned into what he turned into trading Aaron white for Burton's is still a win in the grand scheme of things. So let's see how this actually plays out, but I'm very optimistic about this. I mean, if we're going to again, commit to this path moving forward, this doesn't preclude you from trading some other assets in the off season and trying to get another real player. Plus hopefully a lottery pick Um, potentially uh, it'd be good to get a point guard in either of those positions, but uh, we'll see what they do, but this this at least gives them a chance if Porzingis can stay healthy of being uh, like a better team come next season when everyone's back. Also, he is a Washington Commanders fan, who, and for anyone who hasn't heard that yet. So I don't know if that's encouraging to you, but uh, at least he has some ties to the local community and fans. The first trade that actually happened chronologically here was the Montres Herald trade. He got traded for Vernon Carey, a former Duke center, and Ish Smith. Uh, former Wake Forest point guard. So a couple of North Carolina guys got traded for a North Carolina guy and also a second round pick. So I really expected Harold to be able to be flipped for a first round pick. I thought somewhere like Milwaukee made sense, but when they traded a there probably weren't like a whole lot of other options left. And I don't know, they probably tried to do Harold solid. He's from the North Carolina area. So sending him home is probably not like the worst move you can do in terms of like Placating a, you know, a, a vocal guy that if you did him wrong, would make sure to Instagram about it. Ish Smith. We obviously know what we're getting right. two seasons ago. I thought he was pretty good, uh, in that kind of almost starting point guard role realistically. And then last year I did not enjoy his minutes nearly as much. I was sort of team netto instead of team ish. So I was okay with that move in the off season, but realistically netto will pass the ball. He'll push the pace. He'll at least try to be scrappy and defend and go for some steals and things like that. But I don't think this is a real neat, you moving thing. So if you needed just guy to set the table and throw the ball to your actual guys that you want to evaluate for the rest of the year, I, I think Ish is sort of best suited to do that. So we'll, we'll see what his minutes actually look like. The second round pick will happily take. I think that's the one thing Tommy's really done to set himself apart from Ernie is just Valuing draft picks, you know, valuing draft capital. He hasn't done anything with those draft picks yet, but you know, well, he's done anything, especially with those second-round draft picks. Let's say in in Admiral Schofield and Cassius Winston. So we'll see what he actually does with this one, or if he uses it, uh, you know, as pieces in an additional trade this this offseason. We'll just kind of have to see. Vernon Carey is interesting. Uh, He's one of those guys that, like, on paper, should be like better than he is. And if this were, I don't know, let's say. 2001 i think he'd be a much more valuable nba player i wrote this for bullets forever uh, right before the 2020 nba draft he was the seventh overall center on my board he's around 610 probably 240 ish vernon carey is one of the more polarizing guys on this list and maybe in this draft i've seen some draft experts that have him in the 20s and others in the 40s and 50s he does a a few things pretty well it's just a question of whether or not you think those things translate at the nba level or if they're things that nba teams even value anymore you know, he he kind of looks like maybe a poor man, Zach Randolph, is what I said in the rest of this article. But basically, Kerry is a back-to-the-basket big who uses a, a combo of craftiness, position, and brute force to score. He probably won't ever be a great shooter, a defensive anchor, which are two of the most important skills NBA teams seem to target in their center rotations these days. But if you just watch the highlight reels, you'll see a few spectacular blocks and think he's a, a reasonable defender. Uh, he's not super long or explosive, and he's a little sluggish defending, especially in the pick-and-roll and anytime he gets isolated. If he ends up developing a, little, you know, a legitimate three-point shot, it would add to his chances of actually making as an NBA player. So far this year, uh, Vernon Carey has played four games for the Hornets and five games for the Greensboro Swarm. He's averaged about 16.7 rebounds in those five G League games, but he's shooting 0% from the three-point line, racking up a decent amount of fouls, not really blocking shots or stealing the ball at all. So... Uh, you know, I, I think that one's probably a wash, but Tommy liked to take a flyer on some of these guys and and who knows, maybe he turns into something. I think that's sort of best case scenario. Uh, let's see. And then the other trade, we heard that Aaron holiday was being traded to Phoenix. I think he was traded for an Arizona iced tea. So at least we got something of value back in that deal. I think that's actually another win for Tommy. So at the very least, I think he got two wins and like, a, a push for the third trade. So overall, I think this deadline, the way it started out, uh, it was not looking very good. And even I was a little critical of where Tommy was going. uh, And I've been a pretty pro-Tommy guy for the most part. So could have been worse. Uh, Just to recap, uh, I saw Neil DeLal, I stole this tweet, put it in like a very nice summary. Uh, Players coming in, Chris Taps, Ish Ishmith, Vernon Carey, two second round picks going out. Spencer Dinwiddie, Davis Bertans, Montres Harrell, Aaron Holiday. I think you you look at that overall, that is a net win for the Wizards. We'll see what they actually do with it. I know a lot of us are super down in the dumps about the position of the franchise. I'm trying my best to be a little more optimistic right now. Just it's it's too hard to be too negative about this team like 24 hours a day. So I'm giving myself like that one hour of like semi-positivity. And maybe this does just put you in a position to do some more things this offseason Again, none of these guys coming in are like good enough that they're really going to like change your prospects drastically in terms of like making a playoff push. I know the team is saying through their mouthpieces that they want to make a playoff push. They're not going to do it. Uh, They shouldn't do it. And hopefully they're, you know, they're just not very good the rest of the year. They play some young guys. They don't overplay people like Porzingis so that he's fresh and healthy for next year. And you can bring in a lottery pick, whether it's a Jaden Ivey, who looked amazing against Illinois in the second half the other night at 26 points four rebounds, six assists. I know I keep mentioning this, but someone like that really does make sense and might be in that like, you know, six to nine ish range that the Wizards could find themselves in if they get a little lottery luck uh, for a change or a, a Johnny Davis as a backup shooting guard who can handle the ball a little bit. Shaden Sharp, a rookie at Kentucky who isn't going to play this year could potentially enter the draft and, and be a big time guard prospect. So there are guys, uh, Ty Tai Washington of Kentucky is probably in their range and, and then it falls off a little bit on the point guard front. So again, we'll have more draft coverage for you as we go. I'll probably bring Richard back on here because he really knows more about this stuff than just about anybody, uh, anybody going right now. So he'd be a perfect person to be able to tell us, you know, how, how certain prospects fit in with this new roster. Anyway, Chin up, Wizards fans. You know, I think this could have gone a lot worse for us. And anytime things aren't worst case scenario in Washington, I think that's an overall win. As always, rate, review, subscribe. Let us know what you want to hear about next. And we are presented by betonline.ag, as
0: always.